Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Second hour here on Bink Sunday, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com. The Odyssey app, Chris Inocero, Chris Tenpenny, here for two more hours. The sports talk. First hour just flew by. I'm two hours away from going home and attempting to watch NASCAR. I really am. I really am going to try to watch the Daytona 500 tonight, I mean, this afternoon. I really am. Where are you going to spend more time watching the Daytona 500 or the NBA All-Star, All-Star game? game. Okay. All-Star game. Okay. As long as that, <laughs> as long as we're on that page. Because here's, like... <laughs> here's what's going to happen. I'm going to go home. I'm going to lift some weights while the 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 um, thing's on. And then after that, it, that happens, I'm going to lay on the couch. And I'm probably going to take a nap when the race starts. And then when I wake up, I'm going to sit there for a few minutes gathering myself and then I'll try to figure out what's going on in the race. You know, I'm a, I'm a Bubba Wallace guy. Like I, I want to see, and then, I know, I know Floyd Mayweather uh, junior. He also got a, uh, he also got a, uh, a team there now. I don't, I, yeah, he, yeah, he's got a team now. Obviously Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan got the 2311 race team now. So I want to see them get some success. It would be it would be hilarious to see Floyd Mayweather up there <laughs> having a NASCAR champion. That'd be hilarious, man. I just I would love to see that. That man just pops up in the news like every two to three years about something and just like <laughs> that was just the most random thing. Like I never would have suspected that Floyd Mayweather Jr. would have the money team would have a a, a a NASCAR team. Like that's how you know. Like seriously, NASCAR is trying their best to try and branch out and get a bigger audience because they're like, oh, let's get Michael Jordan and let's get Floyd Mayweather Jr. Like you could have gotten Magic Johnson, you could have got Shaq. I'm surprised Shaq wasn't the next dude because like Shaq. Like, let's be honest here. Shaq owns so many damn businesses. He has so many damn financial exploits. I figured Shaq would have been the guy to go get the next team after Michael Jordan. Not uh, not Floyd Mayweather Jr. Is there anything better than the Shaq toner commercials or what? The what? <laughs> the, the toner about for the printers and stuff. I don't think I've seen those. Yeah, they're hilarious. They look like they look like they were, you know, just a 
local commercial that Shaq's in. And I mean, got- all of those, all of those general commercials look like local commercials that Shaq's in. Those are terrible commercials. Or the one where, uh, or the one where Shaq, like the Papa John's commercial, where he comes in with the wig, and it's like, come on, Shaq, dude, like, come on. Come on, Shaq. Like, you're too damn big. Like, Shaq is like the one person that couldn't disguise. Like, if he ever went on the run from the cops for whatever reason, he couldn't, he couldn't go on the run. He's too damn big. Like, no, everyone knows who Shaq is. Like, he could not stand out. Like, he could wear any type of wig. Everyone knows it's Shaq. We know how he talks. We know he's, he's a giant human being. Like, Shaq's one of those guys that he couldn't, like, he's in a lot of bad commercials, but he's still, like, a really entertaining guy. So, it, it, it is inter- I'm very surprised he wasn't the guy that, that was number two right behind Michael Jordan as far as owning a, a NASCAR team. So I want to get into my plan for the Chiefs offseason and how I would fix this team. I don't think there's a whole lot of fixing that needs to be done. Let's be honest here. This team got to the AFC Championship game uh, with a lot of flaws. And basically at this point, it's just making uh, really good to as close to perfect as you possibly can. So to start off my plan on how I would handle the offseason, I think that the Kansas City Chiefs need to start off by cutting payroll. They got to make some moves. Uh, Michael Giannetti from Spot Track was on the drive, and he had this to say about how the Chiefs could clear some space Uh, in the way of Frank Clark's contract. Look, if they offer him the restructure, you've got to take it if you're Frank Clark because getting staying in this contract to me is the best financial move for him. And but that's that to me says to the Chiefs, you gotta get out of this contract because I think you can get him for twelve, thirteen million for two, three years and make it work for you a little better. And I like that idea. I think that the number one thing they gotta do is they gotta figure out what they're gonna do with Frank. Personally, I like the goodwill offer of Cutting his contract, his his number down this year from the twenty six point three million that he's supposed to make this year, which is a hell of a lot of money. It's the third most on the team for for uh, this season, right behind uh, Patrick Mahomes and Chris Jones, respectively. If you cut his number down to the number that he gets guaranteed, which is twelve point nine million. You clear out over $13 million, $13.4 million in cap space, which is a hell of a lot of money for you to be able to play with. I think that that's your first move. You clear that, A, you keep him on the team, which I think you want to keep him on the team. I like his contribution, just not for no damn $26 million. I don't believe that he has ever lived up to the valuation of this contract. Even with the way that he played in the in the playoffs in uh, 2019, I don't believe that he's lived up to the valuation of this contract. I believe that if you get if you get him to cut down his number, you create some goodwill with him. Like, hey, we want you around. We don't want to kick you off this team. I, I know he wants to be here. He's bought a house here. His kids are in school here. Like, he is invested in Kansas City. And so I, I would love for them to be able to invest in him a little more and keep him around. So if you can do that, if you can cut his number down to 12-9 and keep him on the team and then you'll figure out what you're going to do next year, then sure, you know, I'm about it. That to me is like the first plan that they should have. The second is uh, seeing if you can restructure Joe Tooney's contract. That's like one of the more popular options on how to fix 
the Chiefs cap situation is seeing if Joe Tooney will take a pay cut for this year. And they've got enough years to do it. They can shave off money and they can create even more space. Tooney's going to be here for the long haul. They, he was he was awesome for them this year, not only because uh, of what he did on the interior, but because when they needed him to, they could slide him out. They could have him play tackle, and he did fine in that role. So to me, Tooney is a guy that provides you a lot of value uh, over the next few years. So if you can get him to take a pay cut and you can create some space, that helps your team out a lot as well. And then obviously the big one here, which is the reason why he signed this contract, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes signed a 10-year deal, and I believe this is the first year of that deal because he had two more years left on his rookie contract because they had the fourth year and then they had the uh, fifth-year option at the Chiefs exercise, which generally a lot of times you'll override your contract with that extension. I know that that was something that Chris Jones really pushed for, and it's the reason why the Chiefs and Chris Jones couldn't come to an agreement the year before he actually agreed to a contract after they won the Super Bowl because he wanted his contract to start in 2019. And the Chiefs were like, nah, bruh, we want to get the last year of this rookie deal, and then we'll start your new contract. But, you know, eventually they came to a deal and everything was good. But Patrick Mahomes didn't even really entertain it. He was like, yeah, just add it on to the end. And the reason why is because Patrick Mahomes wants to be a chief for the long haul. And you don't sign 10-year deals if you're a quarterback. That's a terrible business decision. And the reason why is because, especially with someone with the talent of Patrick Mahomes, he could probably, in a few years, make more money per year than he's making over the life of this contract. A hell of a lot more money per year. I mean, think about it. Dak Prescott is making like 40 million, actually like 35, almost 40 million a year on his contract. Russell Wilson's making like four over 40 million a year. It's not going to be too far off, maybe five years, that we see someone making close to 55 million a year as a quarterback. So if Patrick Mahomes was really about trying to get his money from the team, he would only sign like a four-year deal. Get that four-year deal in place make his money, and then move on. But he didn't. He was like, 10 years. 10 years, and we can add time to it after the fact. Whenever you get a guy that does that, to me that says that he is willing to take money and and uh, have it reduced from his salary and rolled into later years. And that's what they can do. I believe they can take up to like $21 million from this year because his cap hits like just over $35 million. Which would cut, I mean, that's a significant cut. 21 million in cap space is what the, the Chiefs could add if they get him to take a pay cut this year. And that would create a ton of room for the Chiefs to be able to make moves. So create some cap space for sure. Obviously, cut Anthony Hitchens too. Uh, Anthony Hitchens would make it way too much damn money. And to be honest, he probably had the least impact of their starting linebackers this year because. Uh, we obviously know Bolton was amazing this year. Willie Gay was pretty good. He had his moments. And, you know, Hitchens was kind of the odd man out. And I, I think we've seen that the Chiefs don't really need that. I mean, you don't really need three good linebackers in the NFL today because most of the times you're only having two on the field anyways because most teams are running three receiver sets. So it makes 
perfect sense that Anthony Hitchens is the odd man out. Get him off the team. Save yourself a few million bucks right there, and you create some cap space. Chiefs could very well have like 30 to 40, if not maybe even 50 million in cap space. If they're able to get some guys to take pay cuts, if they're able to get rid of some, uh, shave off some cap space by getting rid of some guys, and all of a sudden the Chiefs are looking pretty damn good. So that's your first fix here. Your second fix, bring in an edge rusher. Now, I think that they should definitely try to keep Frank. I think they should definitely try to retain Melvin Ingram. But that's not enough. We know that's not enough because they had those guys late in the season and it didn't help them enough. They struggled to get down Josh Allen. They struggled to get down Joe Burrow. It's the reason why they're one of the reasons why part of the reason why they're they watched the Super Bowl last Sunday instead of playing in it because you did have opportunities that defensive line had opportunities to, to pull Burrow down and Burrow's big ass was slipping out of sacks. Can't have that. So you need to get someone else. You need to either sign someone from free agency that isn't Ingram because you need Ingram still, but. You can't just have him. You need an additional person that you can play. You know, he doesn't need to be an every-down guy. Because I think at this point now, Frank is probably not an every-down edge rusher. He's probably and, – and maybe they can do a situation where they kind of do like a NASCAR set, kind of like what the, uh, the Giants did back in 07 and 2011, where they just had four edge rushers lined up on, uh, and, and rushing the passer at the same time. You know, They had four guys doing that. Um, they could do that. They could, and, and Spags was the DC when they were doing that. <laughs> My Siri just started talking, but I, I do think that they could absolutely add to their defense. If they go and get an additional pass rusher aside from Ingram and Frank and Chris Jones, cause I think they need it. I think they really do need someone else on the edge that can provide an, a, an additional additional pressure than what they already have. So I think you get that. Or you trade for one, but I, I would much rather they sign for one because uh, right now they need to use as much as they can as far as the draft goes. The big one, get a number one capable wide receiver in the draft. Don't sign one. I know people are like, oh, Juju Smith-Schuster. I don't want Juju. Like, Juju... Looking in the last two years in Pittsburgh, like I know this year, you know, this past year he had injury issues and whatnot, but like even before he's been outclassed by Claypool and Deontay Johnson, which those are good receivers, but like we've been talking about Juju a lot and he's really talented, but I just don't think that that's the guy you want as your number one capable receiver aside from Kelsey and Hill. I think you draft that guy. I think if you have to trade up to get that guy, I think that's what you do. And if I were the Chiefs, if I had my choice, it would be Jahan Dotson, wide receiver from Penn, from Penn State. Really like that kid. He's, I think, the perfect fit for what Andy Reid likes in receivers. Not a big, not a big dude. He's like 5'11", maybe 190 pounds. Uh, but he's good hands, agile. We'll see what happens uh, at the combine as far as 40 time goes. I think his draft stock might drop if he's like 4'4 four, four or above. Um, it, it might drop a bit, which could help the chiefs out. They might not need to trade up to get him if he's, uh, somewhere in like the mid four fours. But I, I think that he, with his play style, 
uh, run after the catch, good hands, runs good routes, one of the best route runners in this draft class. I think if you get a guy like him, he could help your team out in the long run because I think he's more technically sound in what you have uh, as far as young receivers go because let's be honest here, McColl's a great athlete but he's not as refined as the Chiefs need him to be as a receiver, which is the reason why they they frankly need to get another guy. So I would get a number one capable receiver in the draft. You could also sign one too. I know that a lot of people are, are advocating for Juju. Um, there was an article that was saying like OBJ's best fit would be here in Kansas City. I know that there's a lot of people talking about Allen Robinson and there was rumors going around that they were interested in him and he was interested in them. I can see that happening, but I think you draft that guy. Well, see, here's the thing about Dotson. I, you're right. He fits the system. Yeah. But we have two guys like him. So if you're going to draft a receiver, why not get a bigger guy? Like like the like the Drake London kid from USC. Maybe it's a little bit of a reach depending on how his combine goes. But like that kind of guy, a bigger play wide receiver than – you know, your 5'10", 5'11", speedster that they get all the time. And and here's the reason why. I've, I've had, me and Bink have talked about this a lot. First off, I don't I don't think Drake, London, Drake London's going to be there. I think he's, I, I think I, physically, like, he's he is a dream receiver for a lot of teams. A lot of people compare him to, like, Mike Evans. My issue with Drake is that, and, and big receivers in general, because I know Bink is advocating for them to sign, uh, for them to draft Traylon Burks from Arkansas. Big kid, like 6'3", you know, uh, very like physically gifted. The issue is that I don't think Andy Reid values those kind of receivers very much. Like he could have gotten big receivers over the years, but like besides Terrell Owens, what big receiver has played for him that's had like that's had major success for him when he has been the one calling plays? Like Travis Kelsey, and that's it. And Travis Kelsey a tight end, so he's gonna be big. I just don't think he values that kind of receiver. That's fair. Jeremy Macklin, Deshaun Macklin's Jackson. Macklin's like 6'1". No, no, I know. I'm, I'm going through like the speed guys yeah. Yeah, that you know aren't, aren't huge. Like Deshaun yeah. Jackson, Macklin, when you start thinking about it, you make all a good point there. All those guys are little. Like yeah. all yeah. the, like, like the, t- Macklin's like the tallest one at like 6'1". Six six and like Tyreek Hill is like his dream guy. Like perfect. Like I, I knew as soon as they drafted him, I was like, oh yeah, like if this guy can be a receiver, he's going to be Andy Reid's favorite guy to go to. Like, I just, I, I I think that Andy is one of those guys that if he looks for big targets, it's that tight end. Like, he thinks prototypical, like, possession big guy is a tight end. He loves big tight ends. I mean, think about it. He he had, like, Yelder, and he had Demetrius Harris, and I don't know. I don't remember who that kid was. He was like 6'9", 6'10", or whatever, that tight end a few years ago. He was like a third-string tight end. I can't remember his name. But, like, loved that guy. He, I mean, I think Demetrius Harris was like a former basketball guy, kind of like Antonio Gates, and he loved him. I mean, obviously, Kelsey has been a big part of the offense. He loves guys like that, and he loves big tight ends at, at, at that position. I don't think he likes the big receivers like that. So I don't feel like... Uh, that's where he wants to go as far as um, improving the roster. Though I, I mean, I'd be, I'd be fine if they got Burks or if they were to get a London type. I just don't think the Andin, Andy is is really into that. I, it, I haven't seen evidence besides Terrell Owens where he's wanted to get a bigger. I mean, Josh Gordon six three and he couldn't, he couldn't get any 
touches this year. I mean, Marcus Kemp is like six five, maybe six four, six five. He can't get on the field. He had like he's had four receptions in his career. Well, you got to be a little more than just tall. Like, come on, let's not bring Marcus Kemp into this. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying, no. I had an argument after the after the Bengals game uh, with somebody on the text line who was like, "Why don't they just like throw jump balls up to big receivers?" Like, why don't they give Marcus Kemp a chance? And I'm like, dude, like if Marcus Kemp was that good, he would get those opportunities. Like Andy's one of those guys where he loves giving guys who uh, he loves giving the the guys like that, those opportunities, man. I mean, he loves doing that. If he can, he like, he loved Jody Fortson before he had that unfortunate injury. He was, I mean, Jody was out here. He was, he was dogging before he got hurt. And it was very unfortunate what happened to him. And maybe next year, Fortson will be that guy who's like the big, big receiver, big body type. I just don't see that with with Andy and uh, and what he wants from his team. Coming up next, though, I'll give you the rest of my offseason plan, and I'll tell you why I'm not too optimistic about the Chiefs bringing back Tyron Matthew. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Here on Bink Sunday, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, the radio.com app. Chris Nocero, Chris Tenpenny. Here, got an hour and a half left in the show. If you missed anything that we talked about in the first hour and a half, just check it out on the podcast page, 610sports.com. The Odyssey app as well. Just search for Bink at night slash Bink Sunday. Just the picture with Bink on it. And that will get you all the stuff we talked about in the first hour and then obviously when this hour is done. I want to continue my conversation on my off-season plan for the Chiefs. 
To recap, I started out by saying that the Chiefs got to cut some payroll. Frank, you know, either, and I, I, I would like for them to keep him. So if you can get him to cut his number down to his guaranteed number of $12.9 million, I know that can be that's still a little steep for him. And they can save more money if they just outright cut him. I think it's like they could they could save like $21 million if he's a post-June 1st cut. But I think he's valuable. I just don't think he is, you know, $26 million valuable. But if you could save some money, get him to take a, a pay cut, you do that. You know, Sammy Watkins are out. I think he wants to be here, and I think the team wants him to be here. So, you know, I, I think that that is certainly number one. Then you can see if Joe Tooney and, and Patrick Mahomes will take pay cuts. Patrick Mahomes' contract, I believe, is designed for that. Uh, you don't take as much you don't you don't sign for as many years as he does if you're not creating a situation where you can take a pay cut so I I do think that that's the reason why it was put into place I also think you got to bring in another edge rusher obviously you want to bring back Melvin Ingram but I believe that you should try to get another edge rusher in here so that you can put yourself in a situation where you're kind of overloaded on pass rush uh, we know that the Giants, back when Spags was there, liked to do this uh, formation called the NASCAR set where they had four edge rushers lined up there as their defensive line, and it was uh, a problem for teams like the Patriots in, in the Super Bowl. So I, I would very much like for them to emulate that. Then they also need to draft the number one capable receiver as well. Um, I advocate for Jahan Dotson, wide receiver from Penn State. Um I know this has been a contentious point for a lot of people. I know, I know Tenpenny uh, brought this up in the in the last segment about how a lot of people want them to bring in a more physical, big-bodied possession type receiver, and I understand that. You know, I've uh, me and Bink have uh, have talked about this for weeks now. I, I know he's advocating for another guy like that in Traylon Burks, though Traylon Burks. Uh, depending on what we see from him at the combine, as far as this 40 time goes, could actually turn out to be a little bit more than just a big bodied possession type guy. We'll see what happens, but um, I don't think that Andy Reid values that kind of receiver. I think that he's more so the smaller, more agile, better after the catch type receiver. You know, if you, if you have a big bodied guy that can do that, then sure. I think he's in play, but I think for the most part, Andy values, the smaller, more agile guys after the catch, especially with the way his offense runs where he wants guys to catch it short or go deep. The next part of this plan, though, is extending Tyreek Hill's contract. Tyreek Hill, important part of this offense, very important part of this offense. And this is the this is going to be so important for him because right now he's scheduled to make almost $21 million this year. You don't want to put yourself in a position where you have questions about the future of your of your best wide receiver. He is a generational talent just from a physical standpoint. His numbers obviously are great, but like just from what he brings you on the field, it's a generational type of talent. You don't want you want to get as much of that as you possibly can. And on top of that, it helps you with your salary cap because you can create some cap space by giving him an extension. You can take some money off of that 
20, almost $20 million, $21 million that he's going to make. Maybe you shave off like seven, eight million or whatever. He still makes good money, but then you take some of that money and you kind of put it off until future years. Maybe you sign into like a three-year extension and you're able to shave some money off this year and create some space. That's good. Now you handle a future problem that your organization's going to have because you don't have uh, you don't have to worry about Tyreek Hill having to fight for a new contract, and you're creating some cap space at the same time. I think that's what you should do because we all know that this Tyron Matthews situation has kind of been a distraction for the team this year. It ain't affected them on the field, but we know that on social media, it's been like every week, Tyron Matthews has said something in the way of either desire to be with the team or frustration at the potential of not being on the team after this year. And I don't, and I don't believe Tyree kill would, would do anything like that because he seems to be a little bit more coy and quiet about stuff like that. But you, you don't, you know, you never know, man, you just don't know. And we cannot take for granted that he wouldn't let that play out over social media as a way to try and pressure the chiefs into bringing him back. Um, I don't think he would, but you know, obviously you never know. So you handle a situation that, you know, before it becomes a problem, that's why I think you got to bring him back. And then I want them to bring back Darrell Williams. Darrell Williams is a guy that I like. I mean, I, I was kind of eh about him before, but this year he really kind of won me over. I really like Daryl now. Daryl has been very valuable for this team as a pass catcher. Um, And part of the problem can be the financial investment in a running back. He's not going to cost you a bunch of money, but he might cost you like three to $4 million a year, which could be a lot for a backup running back. But I think he provides you a lot of value that you're not getting from a backup running back anywhere else. Like he can catch passes. He can block. Um, he's good in short yarded situations. I just, like if, and, and I, somebody on the text line, like brought up, they need a Kareem hunt type. Like, I think he doesn't have the explosiveness of a Kareem hunt, but I think Daryl Williams is like the closest thing the team has to a Kareem hunt type of player where it's like, like he obviously doesn't have the explosiveness and the and the great instincts that Kareem Hunt has where he can just catch it and he knows how to weave around defenders. He'll hurdle them. He'll blast through them if he needs to with his strength. Um, but Daryl's one of those guys where he knows how to make he knows how to make plays after the catch. And I remember like watching him in that Raiders game uh, in Vegas where he just is catching it short and just just taking chunks out of the defense as a pass catcher. I feel like that is where his value is. And in short yarded situations, he's valuable. Uh, When the defense is backed up, trying to stop things going deep, you just throw to him short and he's really good after the catch. That's where his value is. So I think that even if you've got to pay him three to $4 million a year to be a backup, I'm fine with that. Cause I feel like he brings value to this team. I, I don't, think that they need to make it like a major priority to bring him back. If they feel like there's somewhere else they could go. Like if maybe they don't have to spend that money and they could bring back Tyron Matthew, cause that money could contribute to signing him. Then sure. Maybe do that. But 
I think if you are the Chiefs and you're looking at a situation where you can afford to get him back, I think you definitely try to get him back. And then finally, bring back Charverius Ward. Charverius Ward can be a little bit contentious for some people because I think a lot of people feel like Charverius Ward isn't that good of a corner. But I think he actually is much better than we give him credit for. He actually performed well for this team against a lot of the top talent in this league at wide receiver. He was lined up against CeeDee Lamb when they played the Cowboys, and CeeDee Lamb didn't do anything in that first half of that game against the Chiefs. I mean, if you remember at the end of that first half, he beat out CeeDee Lamb on an interception in the back of the end zone, the play that knocked CeeDee Lamb out of the game because the back of his head smacked against the against the uh, grass out there at Arrowhead. Like, he was he beat out a physical receiver, a big receiver for the ball on a, what, on a would-be touchdown. Like, he's got good ball skills, and he is very good against some of the top receivers in the league. Did a very good job against Devontae Adams, too, when they played the Packers. And I know Jordan Love was their quarterback in that game, but, like, all I saw on Twitter, oh, just throw it up to Devontae. He's lined up against Charverius Ward. He should have no problem pulling the ball down. Charverius Ward had a hell of a game against Devontae Adams. He had a hell of a performance that game. And then in that playoff game against the Bills, he did a good job lined up against Stephon Diggs. Now, Gabriel... Uh, Gabriel Davis went out and had himself a game and just completely destroyed the Chiefs defense. But Stephon Diggs, the guy that we were worried about, I think he had one catch for like seven yards. And then he also caught the uh, he also caught the uh, two-point conversion at the end of the game. Like that's it. That's all he did the entire game. Charvarius Ward was lined up for lined up against him for most of the game and did a hell of a job. Is he a primo shutdown? You know, is he putting guys on an island? Hell no. And if he's asking for like Revis Island money, like top five corner money, probably not, probably don't want to do that. Like I'm not, I'm not too, I'm not, I'm not too keen on paying him top five corner money, but if he wants, if he's asking for a reasonable price for someone with his skill set and his track record, then I think you, you, you bring him back. Cause I would much rather they get a guy who's experienced Playing in this defense, especially if you don't have Tyron Matthew back, I would much rather they have an experienced guy playing in the in the uh, in the secondary than them go and have to draft a receiver or sign somebody in free agency and then have to hope that he figures out how to play corner at the NFL level. I, I really hope that they just go out there and bring back Charvarius work because I think he's done a good job. Has he been, you know, Ty Law back in his prime? No, no. But you don't really need that. What you really need to do is you need to focus on your pass rush. Because if you focus on your pass rush, then all of a sudden your corners are a hell of a lot better than they than they were this year. Coming up next, I'll tell you why I'm not so optimistic in the Chiefs' chances of bringing back Tyron Matthew. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. On Bink Sunday, 16 Sports Radio, 16sports.com, Chris Unocero, Chris Tenpenny. Continuing the Chiefs offseason talk. I want to turn over to probably gonna, it's probably gonna be the most interesting part about the Chiefs offseason. How the situation resolves itself with uh Safety Tyron Matthew, who's been a staple here in Kansas City for the last three seasons. Uh, I would argue that he's probably the second most important player on the defense behind Chris Jones. Um, Just, I mean, he he might be the most important player on that defense because, frankly, you watch the defense when he's not on the field and they like the secondary just looks lost. Like when he when he went out with that concussion in that in that Bills game, the secondary just fell apart. Like they just didn't know where they were going. They didn't know what they were doing. And I, I I'll say this: like that was the game for me where I was like, and I, I believe I've been saying it all off season, all throughout the season. Pay Tyron Matthew. Like I know some people are against it because like they're worried that he's gonna pull an Alex Gordon and he's gonna get paid and he's not gonna perform. You know, we we saw that here uh, with the baseball team here after the after the World Series win. Uh, I don't think that's the case with Tyron because I think Tyron, uh, just from a an athletic standpoint, doesn't look like he's dropped off. And he's such a smart player that even if he has some drop off in his athletic 
ability as he ages. I think he'll do a good enough job of adjusting to it on the field. Generally what the best players do. Like we saw Kobe Bryant as he started to age physically, he upped his game from a mental standpoint, a technical standpoint. And he was able to drop like 27 a game in his mid thirties, even though you knew he was old. Like we saw that happen and we've seen it with LeBron James here in the last few years. He's upped his game, even though he's 37 now. So I'm not going to to say that, oh, he can't uh, he can't elevate his game or at least continue to hold strong in, in his 30s. But I will say this. The reason why I'm not optimistic is that it just seems to me like Tyron Matthew and uh, the the Chiefs seem to just be on on different pages here. Like they want the same thing, but I feel like they I, I feel like both sides are trying to do their best to get one over on the other side, if you will. Like, listen here to, to Michael Giannitti from Spot Track, who was on the drive, and he had this to say, like the expectations for a Tyron Matthew deal. Three for 48 is the bare minimum he's, he's looking for. So if that's what the Chiefs offer him and say this is our final offer, he's on the open market looking for more. He's looking for 50. He's looking for 55. Um, and if somebody does it, he probably walks. But I do think he will get the $16 million a year. To me, that's just the baseline that he'll go at. Like $16 million a year. That's a lot of damn money for a 30-year-old strong safety. A lot of money. Like, I think if this was like three years 30, three years 35, I think everybody's like sign it in a heartbeat. Because if it's like three years, let's say it's three years 35, 20 million of it's probably guaranteed, which means that if he just completely falls off a cliff, you can cut him after year two. You ain't got to worry about year three. Like, just own a little. And you can cut him after year one if you wanted to. But it's very apparent that he's looking for good money because he's, I mean, he's kind of been screwed over a bit. You know, he got screwed over by the Cardinals who cut him because he didn't want to take a pay cut. And then he goes to Houston and Houston didn't want to invest in him long term. And the Chiefs signed him for three years. He was looking for an extension. They were like, yeah, I don't know about that number. So I understand why he can be a little jaded. And he was very vocal about how he wanted to be on the team and how he was not quite optimistic that it would happen. I mean, look, kicked off his uh, college team, was cut from his first NFL team because he didn't want to take a pay cut and wasn't invested a long-term by a second NFL team. And now he's in a situation where he's having deja vu again. So I can understand his uh, pessimism as it pertains to the future of him as a Kansas city chief. The reason why though, I'm not optimistic is because I, I, the chiefs have a lot bigger priorities this off season. You have to figure out what you're going to do with Orlando Brown jr. They basically went out there and made a Frank Clark-like deal where they traded a first-round pick. They got Orlando Brown Jr. at a key position on your offensive line, and now you have to pay that man, and that's going to take priority. Your offensive line was a major investment, and you're not going to let the tackle that you just traded a first-round pick for 
walk in free agency. It would be like a, it would be one of the biggest disasters uh, as a general a general manager could have in modern times. Like it would be one of the most embarrassing moments to have a guy you traded first round pick for uh, go sign elsewhere in free agency. I mean, obviously that's not going to happen because the Chiefs are going to give him like an exclusive franchise tag. And then, you know, I think everyone's anticipating they'll come to a deal. I mean, it would be bad if they didn't come to a deal. But you've got that going on. That's a, a major prime example. The Chiefs have shown this willingness to get priority deals done when it matters most. They didn't let Chris Jones go out and and even come close to really hitting free agency like that. I mean, they 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 gave him that that franchise tag because of the issue with him not wanting to take that last that uh that last year uh off of his deal. He really wanted to have the last year of year his rookie deal overridden by his extension. Um, but they weren't about it. But he was in his prime and they were like, we're gonna get this deal done. And they did. Like, they got it done. It was huge money. I think a lot of people were a little surprised by that, but I wasn't because you weren't going to let that guy walk. He's in the, in his prime. You just won a Super Bowl. He was very much a part of it. I didn't, I didn't think that was going to happen. They got a deal done with Tra- with Travis Kelsey before there were any issues there. They got a deal done with uh, Tyreek Hill before there were any any issues there. Took care of both of those guys well before there was any, any talk of that. And... This issue has been allowed to grow and fester. Chiefs generally don't do that. I mean, they extended they extended Patrick Mahomes well before they needed to. They nipped that issue in the bud well ahead of time. And the Chiefs right now have a major issue that they got to handle this offseason with their pass rush. They have to fix their pass rush. 29th in the year in sacks. 29th in the league in sacks this, this past year. That's going to be a major problem that they're going to have to fix. And we all know the pass rush costs money, a lot of money. It's not like the offensive line where you can find guys in the in the second and sixth round and, you know, one of them turns into the best center in football as a rookie and the other one is one of the best guards in the league. Like, you just don't have that. Pass rusher is so hard to find outside of spending premium assets. The Chiefs are going to have to really spend a lot. They're going to have to spend money, and they're going to. They might even have to spend a lot of draft capital getting pass rush. So I don't know if priority for them, even if they create cap space, is paying a strong safety that's thirty years old, uh, you know, fifteen million plus a year. I just, I'm, I. We've seen a lot of times where two sides want a relationship to work out. And it just doesn't, you know. And I feel like this is the situation where Chiefs want it on their terms. Tyron wants it on his terms. And their terms are just too far apart. I hope I'm wrong. And I hope they come to an agreement. Because I feel like both of these teams, both of these parties, really want to make it work. And I think the relationship has been beneficial for both sides. But sometimes it just doesn't work. And unfortunately, I feel like that's the reason why uh, Tyron Matthew probably won't be playing for the Chiefs next year. Coming up next, I tell you why you better have some thick skin in 2022 if you're a Chiefs fan. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. 
Back in here on Bink Sunday, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com. Final few minutes of the second hour. Christian Ocero, Chris Tenpenny. Want to play some audio here for you. As I warned y'all about this on Tuesday night when I when I filled in for Bink on uh, Bink at night, I warned y'all that people was going to start talking out of line about Patrick Mahomes. Listen to this exchange from, uh, I think it was First Take, earlier this past week. This is your list right here? You can see, you see Acho's top five, absolutely. Where's Patrick Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes not on that list? No, not on this list. So you want to talk about my top five list. Yes, let's talk about it. I couldn't wait to talk about this. So when I go to my top five quarterbacks right now, I'm going based on who do I want to lead my team based off of what we've seen from them. And so for me, number one, I'm going with Josh Allen. You saw what he did in the playoffs. Nine touchdowns, zero interceptions. And oh, by the way, he ran for 134 yards. So that's why he's my number one. I'm talking about based off of the last even few years. He's gotten better every single year. Justin Herbert. Talk about Justin Herbert, right? Justin Herbert, no, he wasn't MVP, but he had more passing yards and more touchdowns than who was the MVP. He's rising, right? Think about this as stocks. This guy is rising. I want this guy leading my team. Matthew Stafford, we talked about. Biggest time, biggest moments. Aaron Rodgers, four-time MVP. Can't argue against that. And then I go for me. Once again, this goes back to who do I want leading my team? I'm going with Joe Burrow. He rose an entire organization from, from I'm not going to say nothingness, but uh, from not a very good football team where the coach is going to get fired to the Super Bowl despite getting sacked all those times. Now, people are going to say, well, what about Patrick Mahomes? Where is he? And I get that. But the last time that I saw Patrick Mahomes, once again, my list, my rules, my criteria, the last time I saw Patrick Mahomes, he really was the reason they lost in that second half and in the overtime against Cincinnati. And so at this moment in time, that's why he's not on my top five list. Now, granted, once again, who's ascending, who's descending? You can make an argument for anybody, but that is my list, and I'm sticking to it. You're high. <laughs> That's actually a really good timer right there. <laughs> Sometimes I hate people in, in our profession. I mean, I'm I'm not a journalist or anything. <laughs> what we do is not journalism. I'm an entertainer. <laughs> but that is like the most, one of the most absurd takes. And the reasons he gave just completely asinine. It's just like, oh, Justin Herbert, all these touchdowns. Yeah, he didn't. He's never played in a playoff game. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, four-time MVP, didn't go as far as Patrick Mahomes did this year. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes has played in more Super Bowls than Aaron Rodgers has in his entire career. Yeah, <laughs> Joe. It and, and, and here's the thing, man. Because like Peter Schrager rated Joe Burrow as the the top quarterback in AFC, and I. I I, I don't think that you can make a very good case for that because I, I think that, you know, they averaged 23 points per game during the playoffs. Like their defense was great. Tw- they only gave up 20 points per game in the playoffs. Like the defense is the reason why they got to the Super Bowl. Let's be honest here. Like it wasn't Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow made plays, but that defense was on point when they needed him to be. Um, look, you, you can't make a case for most of those quarterbacks on that list. You just can't. And look, I've been the guy that's been saying Patrick Mahomes choked, and he did choke. Let's be honest here. But if you're going to tell me that that Patrick Mahomes choked, then you got to tell me that Aaron Rodgers choked too because he scored 10 points against the 49ers. Like this is like I'm telling you this, man. And I, I told y'all this almost a week ago. 
Y'all better have thick skin because they come in here to hate. They want to hate the Chiefs. They want to hate Patrick Mahomes. Think about it. Like, they hate Patrick Mahomes so much, but they can't go after him because he's just such a great person. I mean, look at him with that HBCU Legacy Bowl that he was doing yesterday. You can't hate that. You got to love that guy. The man's part owner of the Kansas City Royals, and his his uh, fiance, soon-to-be wife, is invested in the KC Current. The man's a part owner of, of Sporting Kansas City. Like, this man, you cannot hate him. They hate him so much, though, that the only way they can hate him is by hating on his family, hating on Jackson Mahomes, hating on Brittany. That's how much they hate this man. And now you're seeing it here where they're like, oh, well, I'm not going to put him in my top five because he choked in a in one game. Even though Joe Burrow couldn't lead his team down for a field goal when he had a chance to uh, with plenty of time against the Rams. Even though Josh Allen lost to Patrick Mahomes the week before when Patrick Mahomes had 13 seconds to lead a game-tying drive. He, he, he lost that game, and he put him at number one. And they're like, the, they're like about the same age. I think, I think Josh Allen's like a year younger than Patrick Mahomes. So it's not like, you know, Patrick Mahomes is like in his 30s. And so it's like, oh, you can get Josh Allen for longer. You know, it's not like it's like the Russell Wilson debate. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's about the same age, you know, Joe Burrow's like the same age as Patrick Mahomes. So it's like, it's, it's amazing to me how people will go out of their way to hate like, Oh yeah. Well, Joe Burrow went further. Like Schrager was like, Oh, Joe Burrow went further. That's why it was like Joe Burrow wasn't a reason why his team won that game. Like he played a part, but the defense was the reason why. Cause Joe Burrow couldn't, he couldn't keep up with Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes would have kept doing what he was doing in the first half. In the second half, that game would have been a blowout. It's just like, it's amazing to me how far people are willing to reach to hate on the Chiefs. And we're going to see that all this year. All I, I told y'all, like, until the Chiefs beat the Bengals, the Bengals are going to be a lot of people's picks to win the Super Bowl or, or at least win the AFC. There's going to be a lot of people that put the Bengals ahead of the Chiefs in their power rankings. Just get used to it. And just get used to the blasphemy that is that there's any other quarterback as good as Patrick Mahomes in the NFL. Because it's going to happen. People are going to say Matthew Stafford's as good as Patrick Mahomes. Oh, because he made that no look to Cooper Cup in the, in the Super Bowl in that one drive. Like, they're going to say that. They're going to say a whole lot of BS like that. You guys better get used to it because people, they love to hate greatness. We saw it with, we've seen it with LeBron James for years. I know this because I contribute to the hatred for LeBron James. I hate that guy. He's a great player, but I hate LeBron James. I'm, I'm very proud to say that I do not like LeBron James. And so I understand what it's like to be on the other side of that, to be the hater. So it's going to happen with Patrick Mahomes and we just going to have to get used to it. Coming up next I tell you why we got to stop complaining about these all-star games. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.